0: Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like
1: wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon.
0: And I'm Melinda. Today, we are very excited to be talking with Carrie Weeder, whose voice can be heard on the new horror slash fiction podcast In Another Room by E3W Productions, which just premiered on August 10th, which I have to say was my birthday, and uh, can be found streaming on a platform near you. Sharon, Spencer, and I listened to the first three episodes of this podcast, and they are pretty interesting and definitely creepy for sure. So we cannot wait to talk more about them. So, welcome to the show, Carrie. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for having me and happy late birthday. Oh, that, that was our gift to you to give you the first three episodes of in another room <laughs> on your birthday. When we saw your email, I, I, I didn't say anything, but I was like, Oh, uh, present!" <laughs> <laughs> so do you listen to a lot of, of fiction
2: podcasts for horror as well?
0: Uh, I do. Or, I I'm do. A, I'm a fan of like black tapes and, uh, Tannis, and then Unwell. Which, uh, quick shout out, my friend Bilal Dardai, who's an amazing writer. He's one of the writers on those uh, podcasts, and so yeah, I'm. I so this was like right up my alley when sharing. Wow, hearing, you know. that's what I was hoping. Before we we should probably let people know what the podcast about is about, but before we get to that, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh sure. So I, um, I'm from California, uh,
2: which no one ever thinks I am. It's a strange thing where people think I'm from different parts of the world or different parts of the country, but I'm a very proud Californian. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in politics from UC Santa Cruz. Our mascot is the banana slug. Hippie dippy school. Yeah, <laughs> a beautiful, gorgeous campus. Ansel Adams photographed that campus back in the day. Um, and then I have a master of fine arts and theater performance from Arizona state university. Um, as soon as I finished my politics degree, I, this is, uh, a little strange. I do things my own way. I always march to the beat of my own drummer. And as soon as I finished my politics degree, I started to go to junior college. I did that a little backwards and, <laughs> um, yeah. And started taking theater classes and acting classes as a hobby, Um, because I had taken a a career workshop when I was finishing school and they were like, you know, your job might not necessarily be something you love. So, you know, if you get a job, that's not something that you love, then, you know, in your spare time, do the things that you love. So you feel fulfilled. So I started taking these theater courses as a a part-time fun thing. And then trying to get a job in politics. And then when I actually got a job in politics, got offered a job working for a congressman, it conflicted with my acting classes. So then, yeah, that was the fork in the road. I've been pursuing acting ever since and, you know, working in restaurants and bars uh, as my day or night job, whatever you want to call it, backup job. And then just doing any kind of acting job you can imagine. On stage, on screen, training videos, music videos, TV, film—you name it—and and gotten into this kind of strange world in the last, accidentally, the last few years into the world of immersive theater. If you, do you do you do that? Do you go to immersive theater or?
0: Um, I uh, actually worked and produced uh, on the technical side for a theater company here in Chicago who does stuff oh. like that. Um, but ah. not to the ex- not to the extent based on the E3W website, not to the extent uh-huh. that you guys do. So I do okay. We do want to hear more about that.
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> a lot of people don't know what immersive theater is. So the the touchstone, the one that's well known is is Sleep No More in New York. If I, you know, I start to explain to people, I say, well, it's it's not where you walk in and sit in an audience. <clears throat> you're usually it's usually a small group of people. It's very intimate. It could be in a warehouse and you're led to different rooms of the warehouse or it could be in the case of in another room. We originally did it in the producer's house. Um, it's this big old house in Koreatown in L.A., and people were led to different rooms and sometimes one person is pulled off and they get it. It's kind of like you get different pieces of the puzzle. It's almost like a choose your own adventure, except the adventure chooses you, I guess, you know, a certain actor Mm -hmm. might pull you aside and give you a little memento or tell you something that none of the other people in the audience know. Um, you know, they may touch you. You're not supposed to touch them, but they may touch you. They may whisper in your ear. Um, so it's, it's a different experience. It can be a tactile experience where you're touching things, where you're reading things, where you're finding clues. It's not necessarily that you're solving a mystery. Some of them can be that way. There could be a game element to it. But um, it's different than just sitting there and being kind of detached in the audience and watching something up on stage. And um, it's very intimate. It's going to be very interesting to figure out how to do it with COVID now. I think that's why they went to the podcast format, because they're just trying to figure out how to get this intimate experience with your ear now, because, you know, we can't be in the same room together without masks and such, and and we're not supposed to be in big groups. So this is the new challenge. And um, one of you in in an email to me mentioned something about that this was an intimate work, and I, I... do you remember, was it Mindy or Sharon? One of you said something about the intimacy of this in another room.
1: I, could, I think you and I, uh, this is Sharon, um, you and I did most of the corresponding. I will say that um, you mentioned grabbing the listeners' attention through sound. I have to say that I was listening on my earbuds to the first three episodes and walking around my house. Uh huh. And you guys went into so much detail with the sound design of the show. I really, really appreciated it. There was times where I had to pause the podcast and be like, wait, is there like someone in my house or is this the podcast? (laughs) Because I just got it the was, chills. <laughs> it was almost like watching a, a TV show on, or a movie in surround sound. Like <gasps> there was just so many sounds circling my head, and I don't know if it was just because I was using my earbuds to listen to the show, um, but yeah, it was it was quite impressive. So I oh, will that's say that.
2: Interesting. That's interesting because I did an interview where I told people I was
1: like, you might want it might
2: be too scary to listen on a on a head <laughs> on headphones. But yeah, they did talk about, I remember when we were recording, they said the sound guy was starting to build the rooms. So let me say mm. this. Yeah. What this piece is about, it's, I play, my name is Wendy Morrow. I'm a paranormal research. I'm a paranormal fanatic research. Like I've dedicated my life to doing this research to the expense of of relationship with some of my family members because I go off and, and explore these things. And this is one of my cases where I go to this old house where I think 74 people have died in this big old house. And so it's abandoned now. I get permission to go in and spend the night. Nothing creepy about spending the night in a haunted house, right? <laughs> and, um, and I'm fully confident that I will be fine and that even if something creepy happens, I, you know, I'm a researcher and it won't affect me. And, um, and the thing about this house, and I don't know if this is real or not, you guys might Um, different paranormal experiences happen in different rooms. Like a ghost isn't going to necessarily follow you around the house. It's going to, the person who, if they died in a bedroom, when I go in that bedroom, just their story is going to be told there. If I go into a different room. So is that a thing like for you in your experience of, of spooky stories? Is that a thing where, where it seems to just happen in one place or do ghosts seem to follow people throughout the houses? I'm asking you, Sharon and Mindy, what, what are your opinions on that?
0: Well, not to be super nerdy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really do like watching like paranormal like shows. And even though I know some of them are not necessarily real, real, like the ghost hunter type shows, but The word on the street will say that is that Uh um, there's residual hauntings, which are sort of like a tape recorder that like if something traumatic happens in one area, it'll stay in that area and just keep replaying. And then there Uh are what they call, quote unquote, intelligent hauntings, which is like, you know like Kane from Poltergeist, like the big, the scary old man that like follows them around no matter where they go. Um, so I bought into this podcast from like the first second, like I totally oh. bought into it right away. And I agree with Sharon that I thought it was super creepy. And I only listen to these podcasts with uh, earbuds. So. <gasps> wow. <laughs>
2: That's interesting. Well, we had a listening party and I have to say it was a social distancing. It was outside where and we didn't get the whole cast together. There were only about 10 of us. They only got people from the first three episodes and they couldn't get the sound to, to sound right in the speakers because they wanted us to hear those details. And so we all it was like a silent disco kind of thing where we all brought headphones and earbuds and we used our own devices and we synced up and started it at the same time. So, yeah, those details are something that they really want people to hear. Um, and I wasn't aware that it was as powerful, um, probably because I was outside with a group of people. And, and, you know, at times we would laugh or, you know, do things. And so I wasn't listening as intently as, as you guys were. So I'm very intrigued now to, to, for, to hear about those little details being that powerful I'm it gives me the chills I'm very excited about that so yeah I
1: think it definitely added to the effect of the listening experience so anyone out there who's listening to this if you want to listen to in another room I would highly recommend using earbuds headphones something like that to listen to this podcast I agree
2: and now you are both horror fans do you listen to things at night like by yourself are you fine doing something like that
1: Yeah, I (laughs) I used to put on a house of a thousand corpses to help me fall asleep at night to help you fall asleep. Yeah, I would put the movie on and with like in a half an hour, I would be like drifting off to sleep. And I never had nightmares, believe it or not. Wow. This is interesting.
2: Wow. Well, so what I want to talk about besides in another room, I want to talk about why you th- and i'm sure you've spoken to this on your show a million times but why why do you think you love horror? What is it about horror that you love?
1: I'll go first. Um so for me personally, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Like <gasps> I'm into skydiving and bungee jumping and things like that. Um so for me, it's kind of the adrenaline rush of it. When I watch a horror movie, I like to put myself into the position of whoever may be in danger and kind Uh of live through them vicariously knowing that I'm completely safe because I'm in my own house um so nothing's going to hurt me but you still feel that rush of adrenaline so for me I think it's kind of uh I'm an it's yeah, it has it goes hand in hand with being an adrenaline junkie. That's one of the reasons why I love it. Like I think being scared is one of my favorite feelings because <laughs> it it really makes you feel alive, you know the same way like when you jump out of an airplane or something like you feel alive and you feel exhilarated and you I I think you just appreciate life more after that.
0: Whoa. Okay, Mindy, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm not as much of a, an adrenaline jump, junkie as Sharon. Like, I'm not going to go bungee jumping anytime soon. But right. uh, I do ha- share that experience of the, like, safety of being terrified. <laughs> you know, like, you know that you're not going to, you know, you're, you're watching a movie is a safe way to be put in danger and not, face harm but I just always was into the mysterious even as a kid like I really loved my dad had those life like the I think they were like lifetime or whatever so I don't remember which company put them out but like the mysteries of the unknown books from like oh. way back in the 80s and 70s yeah, yeah yeah and I used to read those as a kid <laughs>
1: <gasps> wow um,
0: and there may or may not be traces of the paranormal or at least like psychic abilities in my family. So stuff like that always really interested me. But like Sharon said, it's a lot of the, you could be safe while you're in your home, but still be scared, like safety now, net kind of thing. Wow.
2: See, I'm so fascinated by this because I had a conversation yesterday with um, Cassie Garola-Josepho. She's the one who started the um, Violet Media Hour website okay. platform. Um, that in another room is on, it's also, you can get in another room on Spotify or any of the places that you listen, any of those platforms, but she has started this particular horror platform for podcasts and we're the first one on there. And she said the same thing. She said she likes to feel all the feelings and experience all the emotions and, and listening to horror and, and watching horror is a way that she can feel safe doing it. And she said, which is so fascinating, she said, you know, as women, so many times we're we're scared. Like, you know, you're walking to your car at a dark night and you're scared that you're being followed or, you know, just things like taking care of yourself and being smart. There's a fear element involved in that. But with horror, you can experience that fear in a safe way and know that nothing's going to happen to you. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And that blew my mind. And now you two are pretty much saying the same thing. So. My head is exploding. It's in a horror way, like gruesome. There's guts everywhere. My brain's just... Um, so one more question for you both. What is your definition of horror? Sharon? <laughs> uh,
1: so I guess it's anything that terrifies you. I mean, it could be psychological horror. It could be actual monsters. It could be human monsters. Um, I mean, there's horror movies that are, you know, about... A global pandemic (laughs) right oh dear right it's you know we're kind of living in uh, a real life horror movie now I mean (sighs) there's so many things that can define horror it's whatever terrifies you you know there's movies about insects arachnophobia um, is a good example you know where that someone's worst nightmare is their town being invaded by spiders or it, it could be so many different things Okay. And what about you, Mindy? Um, I, I would agree. And I think Sharon touched
0: on spiders just because she's trying to get at me because I do not <laughs> like creepy crawlies. <laughs> okay. okay. But I um, I kind of prefer, I, I don't get me wrong, I love my, you know, gruesome slasher movies every now and then. But I tend to go more for like psychological horror or uh-huh. the subtlety the more subtle horror pieces, um, the ones that kind of don't seem scary on the outset, but then when you really think about it, you're like, oh, that is messed up. Like that is kind of the horror that I go for. Got it, got it. I agree. Anything that really kind of strikes a chord with you and genuinely makes you feel terrified.
2: Got it. Because see, when I have to confess, when I... The first, when I went on the website to see the, in another room, just, you know, I want to see the logo and see what was on. And, um, and it's, when it said it was a horror podcast, like I was like, no, it isn't. (laughs) I just, I didn't think it was because in my mind, horror meant those gruesome slasher, you know, movies, you know, blood everywhere and the chainsaw and the screaming and all that. And so I was taken aback. And, um, and it's still in my brain every time I log on to the website or I'm sharing the link with people and it's, you know, and I say, it's a, it's a horror podcast. and I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, it isn't. But now, yeah, (laughs) talking to you and I talked to Cassie yesterday and I asked her, I was like, why is this called horror? And she said that, you know, the same thing for her, anything, horror is anything that makes you scared or causes a physical reaction. And I was like, well, this podcast definitely does both of those things. So I have have had to redefine in my mind what horror is um, by listening and participating in this project. So um, yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm changing. This is, I'm learning.
0: Well, we, we have a list of movies we could probably send you, you're not if you don't like the gory stuff but you like the scary Uh stuff i think we could probably send you some recommendations (laughs) great
2: i love it yeah i love it i yeah i do love the, the the ones that you were talking about mindy where it's more of a psychological thing yeah and those are harder to make i mean that that's kudos to the writers and the directors of those i think that anyone can you know make something gory but i think that that what you're talking about? Oh, I love it. Scary, but I don't. I also don't like to watch the. I I'm by myself. I'm quarantining by myself, and so I. I yeah, so that's the problem that I have. not I want to see the new Invisible Man um, with Elizabeth Moss, and but somebody told me that's not super duper scary. So I was like, maybe I could watch that
0: one by myself.
2: It's tense, sure. but well,
0: expect an email after this podcast okay. with some. Uh, with some suggestions,
2: I've got some. I've got some homework to do. It sounds like, yeah.
0: So. Um, one thing that I don't know that we asked you as of yet, but can you tell us um, kind of more about how you got involved with the show? Are you a company member with uh, E3W? <sighs> yeah, it's an unofficial company. Okay.
2: Um, I it, this happened accidentally. So I used to do a ton of theater, and I would do it for free, and I would. You know, if I was working in a restaurant, I would if I had day shifts, I would switch, you know, I would switch everything around in my schedule so that I could go to rehearsals whenever they were and perform. And I would lose hundreds of dollars every time I did a play because um, because I I was doing theater for free and I wanted the experience of doing theater and um, and I had cheap rent at the time. And then when I started living alone and, and living in a nicer place and my rent was more expensive, I couldn't afford to do theater. So that was a big bummer. Um, and then my friend, Shirley Jordan, was telling me she and I took an acting class together and we always, you know, keep, t- touch, keep in touch with each other and let each other know what we're doing and try to inspire each other and, you know, whatever, share things about classes And she was telling me she was doing a play with these twin brothers that she had done a student film for, and they were doing it in their house. And I'm like, what they're doing a play in their house. And, you know, and then she told me it sold out in the first day. And I was like, well, where did they advertise it? And she's like, Instagram. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and mm-hmm. she, kept, she kept telling me about this, this thing. And it takes place in different rooms of this house. And I was just like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, be careful. Like, I don't trust this.
1: <laughs> and then
2: um, and she invited me to go to a preview. And I think I had a shoot that day or an audition that day. And I had already driven out that way. And I didn't feel like driving out again. So I didn't know what this thing was. And then a few weeks into the run, she said, I booked a TV show. I'm going to have to miss a night of the show. Do you want to play my role? And she and I are very different types. She's older than I am. Just we're different. And I was like, okay, if you think I can do this. And I had these, you know, I got the script and I had maybe a week to learn it. And it was like a huge monologue, pages long monologue. And not only was it a monologue, I had to like interact with people and move around a room and move them around a room and show them things. And it was like, okay, let me try to do this. And I went in and I think I had two rehearsals with in the house with the guys. And they were like, oh my God, you memorized it. And it's like, well, I have to. I'm doing this in a few days, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so. I go to show up at this house one night and, you know, and one of the brothers had to, I didn't know what my cues were because I didn't have the rest of the script. And he's like, I'll just point to you when you have to lead the people to this other room, you know? So I'm standing in the dark waiting for this guy to point to me and not knowing what was going on, but it was an amazing experience. And, And so it was a show where it was about an hour long show and you do it five or six times in a row without a break. You just keep going and doing it, doing it, doing it. So I did it, you know, five or six times. And my friend was like, wow, you work so hard on that. Do you want me to give you other performances? And I was like, no, I did enough. That's fine. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but I was just like, you know, I spent a whole night doing the show a million times. I feel like I put in the effort and I got what I, what I wanted to get out of it. And then um, her mother got ill on the East Coast. And she said, I have to go to the East Coast. Do you want to take over the role for me? And I was like, okay. And it was exhausting, but exhilarating. And, um, and it paid. She said, I said, does it pay? And she's like, no. And so I was like, okay, I don't usually do things for free, but whatever, I'll do it. And then at the end, I got a check, and I was like, "Oh, we were getting paid for that. I didn't even know." And <laughs> fell in love with these people who were doing it. This production team—they're the most positive people. You meet them, and they're just like sweet. Like, like the bird when they walk in the room, like the birds are chirping, and it's just like, la la la. They're just lovely people. And um, but they make the scariest, darkest <laughs> material. You're just like, you, I think they just get all their bad juju out on their material. And then they just live these like happy, smiling lives. They're the most positive anything, you know, like nothing. They're not worried about any technical stuff. They're just like, ah, we'll figure it out. You know, surely when she was worried when she booked the TV show originally and couldn't do the night of the show... It, you know, she was worried they were going to get mad at her and they're like, "Ah, it'll work out, you know, and she's like, my friend can learn it. And they're like, OK, you know, like they just <laughs> trust us completely and are positive and know that everything because that's how theater is like there's always a million things that go wrong. But in the end, it always, always works out and just magically comes together. Um, and so I did that show with them and I ended up doing she originated the role, but I ended up doing more performances than she did. Because she had to go care for her mother. And um, and then they just keep calling me. <laughs> yeah. And it's been every time the phone rings and I see their names, I'm like, oh, it's my, you know, I call them. They're like angels sent from heaven. And to, <laughs> as an actor, to get a call just to be offered a role that you don't have to audition for is like amazing. And it pays. And, you know, I did, I've done two or three shows with them. I got to go to the overlook film festival with them last year and perform in new Orleans. And again, Mm. that was because Shirley couldn't go. She was supposed, it was a different show, completely different show, but, um, and she was supposed to go and she had a conflict and they juggled around the different characters and took me. And then again, she was supposed to do this podcast and she had a conflict. She's very busy actress and books a lot of roles. And so I was going to come on and just do like the newscaster voice and do some smaller voices on this. And then she had a conflict and I got to play Wendy again. So um, it's like the stars were aligned and I got to do this amazing role again. And Huff and Puff. Oh, my gosh. Like my friend my friend listened to it. and She's like, was that exhausting? Cause I am literally the whole time huffing and puffing and running, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm scared the whole time. And so um, it was, it was challenging. It was exhausting, you know, breath when you're breathing that much, even if I'm sitting down in a dark little recording booth, it's still, it takes a lot out of you. So, it, but in a great way, just so fun and challenging and yeah. So being scared. doing I got scared doing this, reading the script at home. Again, I would always procrastinate and read the script and go over the script at night. And then I, yeah. And I'm in this house. I've been house sitting for several months. I do this every year. I house sit in this old house. It is an old house, a beach house. Um, and I'd be reading the script at night and I'd be hearing sounds in the house that I've never heard before and freaking out. And I was just like, why don't I go over the script in the daytime? And then I'd forget and get busy in the daytime. And then at night I'd be reading the script and being scared. And I was like, damn it. (laughs) Damn you, you're ruining my life. No, they're not. But, and then they kind of, it's funny. This is, it put me in a weird headspace because being quarantined and, and be doing a a show about someone who's stuck in a house. Like I very much empathize with her and, but Thankfully I've never experienced ghosts in this house but except when I was going over the script and I heard spooky sounds. But um, That's awesome. Clearly it was meant to be. Yeah. And um and then there was a one day where we didn't it was supposed to be our last day of recording and we didn't get everything done that we were supposed to do and they're like, "Okay, well, we're busy so come back next week and we'll do the the final day of recording." And I was like, "Oh god, I have to spend one more week with this script. I'm already scared enough." You know what I mean? Like not that I <laughs> want to sound ungrateful uh, because i love working with them but and then they tweak something around and they're like oh actually we have time to do it tomorrow do you want to come in tomorrow and i said yes i just want to finish this project because i you know i don't want to have to read this booky script in an old house at night um so we got that done. And then um, a few weeks after that, my friend is on the East Coast right now in North Carolina. And he sent me a picture. He just texted me, you know, random pictures of things he sees. And he sent me a picture of this old spook house. And I immediately, my heart started pounding and I was scared. And I was like, oh my gosh, doing in another room podcast has kind of ruined me for old houses because now I'm just going to assume they're haunted and, and be kind of scared of them. And I used to love old houses. And so. You know, it's
0: uh, it's had an impact on me. Sharon and I have felt that way for years about old ha- houses. So welcome to the club. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm in I'm in that club now. I used to just look at old houses and look at the architecture and be like, wow, you know, that's fascinating. And now I'm like, oh, something bad's happened there. People have died.
0: <laughs> So no spoilers, but um, mm-hmm. in scrolling through the images for the live experience for In Another yes. Room, yes. I, having listened to the first three episodes, as we have, um, I immediately recognized a character whose story we've heard in the, the first three episodes. So my question is, are there a few new characters that have been created specifically for the podcast? Or will we be seeing familiar faces quote unquote from the original show
2: there are new characters and there are um and you're if you saw if you were in la and you saw the show here there are characters that you saw in that show who are not in this Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, they, um, they created some new things. They actually did a, a second version of in another room that I wasn't involved in. Somebody, they did it in another house. Somebody they knew had a house that they were moving or they had moved out and they're like, the new people aren't going to take it over for a month or two, you're welcome to use it for a show. So they went in and, and used that and it was a smaller house. Um, and I, I'm not familiar with those characters. I didn't get to see that show. But I think that there are some, some brand new characters in this. So, yeah, don't go into this. If you've seen the, the, the immersive show, don't go into this thinking that you're going to know everyone because you're not. And they had to tweak things. Um, uh, even the second one with the Ouija board, that story, mm-hmm. that one, oh my gosh. They took that scene just by itself to uh, the year, two years ago, to the Overlook Film Festival and performed that. And it was a big hit. And it was so creepy. I mean, in person. Oh, my God. With the Ouija board and just the atmosphere they created. Um, Crazy, crazy, crazy.
0: Did you guys have Ouija boards when you were young? Um, (laughs) Not allowed. My mom read The Exorcist when she was like 14. And I was not allowed to have them in the house. But my dad Uh played with tarot cards. Sharon?
1: Yeah, I was was not allowed to either. And... I don't think I would mess with that stuff now. So oh, that, really? that would be a negative. Yeah. I wouldn't touch a Ouija board. I do play with tarot
0: cards, but I don't think I'd touch a Ouija board. But that really? I, w- I will say that was my favorite story.
2: <laughs> it's a good one. Oh, my God. It was so good. Uh, yeah, I had to stand outside the door. During the play, I had to stand outside the door and, like, be ready to to take them out of that room. And so I got to that was the only one I really could see. Um, and it was, it gave me the creeps. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But yeah, we had, my sister and I had a Ouija board as kids and, um, our neighbor, she wasn't allowed to play with it. Her mom somehow knew that we had it and told her she wasn't allowed to play with it, but I think she did anyway. But like, <laughs> I think my mom, you know, wasn't into horror at all and what didn't see the exorcist or any of that. So I think she didn't really know what it was. I don't know. My parents just didn't seem clued into what it was. So we had one. And, um, but yeah, it's really taboo for you two to both say that you wouldn't play with it. That just like blows my mind because I would think that you would want to summon spirits,
0: no? no? No, I. Not the kind that Ouija boards <laughs> typically summon. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. So, again, that. So, the Ouija board is something that, that that kind of horror might not be safe. You talked about the safety of watching horror and listening to horror and maybe reading horror or whatever, but. So the Ouija board is maybe
1: that's the uh, deal breaker. My house was haunted growing up, anyways, so I didn't need to attract any other forces. Let's say so. Wow! Yeah. And did did
2: you ever try to get rid of the the spirits in your house from when you were a kid?
1: No, they were kind of sporadic and random. Um, I grew up right with a um, a nursing home right behind oh. me. And we shared a fence with them. So I honestly think that maybe some of the the people who died over there, their spirits kind of like wandered over onto our property now and then. So, yeah.
2: So you think the spirits wandered over?
1: I, I do. I I just think it's because everything I experienced was so spread out. It wasn't, um, you know, there was like a few things in my childhood that I remember. Uh, was a few things, um, as a teenager that I remember. And then like in my early twenties, um, before I moved out that I remember, and there was experiences that were shared, by me and other people at the same time, so I know it wasn't just in my imagination. Uh, Yeah, so there was... A lot of weird things. And then even after I um, moved out and my mom continued to live in that house alone, she would still like randomly experience things here or there. So I'm kind of curious. I kind of want to go back there and knock on the door to whoever's living there, although now you don't do that. (laughs) But maybe after the quarantine, um, go over there and just like talk to the new owners of the house to see if they ever experienced anything. I'd be really curious. Do it, do it, do it. I think that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Haunted houses. Ooh!
2: So, did you like to go to? Ha- Do you guys like to go to haunted houses?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Sharon doesn't even hesitate. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. I w- wow, okay. And Mindy, um, I actually would love to go to the In Another Room house because that sounds awesome. I it depends on the haunted house for me. Like the Halloween type haunted houses, you know. Uh-huh. Um. Uh-huh. I, growing up, I lived just a few blocks away from Sharon and there was a rumor that that area of our town was built on a bedrock, which tends to be more conducive to paranormal activity because the house that I lived in that was like two, three blocks away from Sharon's, we experienced stuff too. Uh And then we, my family and I moved just like a few blocks west um, just because there was another house, my mom really liked, still in the same town, just you know, a few blocks west from our first house, and when we moved there, nothing, huh. no, no weird stuff, nothing. So I, I wonder if the environment had something to do with it, but um, so bed- bedrock tends to—that's the rumor. We're not experts. We, I, I'm getting a lot of this again from like ghost shows and my dad's like (laughs) his uh lifetime books or whatever but that that's what I guess the quote-unquote experts seem to think but I I don't I don't know if that's true but all I know is that we moved to a different location of the town and everything stopped so it was strange
2: So you both grew up in houses with paranormal activity.
0: Sharon, more so than me, yeah. But yeah, it was weird. Oh, oh. So
2: speaking
0: of,
2: oh, go ahead. Go on. Go. I was just gonna say I had a conversation with two friends once who said they grew up in houses that they realized afterwards there wasn't necessarily ghosts or anything like that, but they realized that like really there was a really weird energy.
0: Yeah.
2: And they did weird stuff. Like one of my friends was talking about she would go to dry cleaners and ask them for the, the plastic wrap. And, like, she wrapped her whole room in plastic, and she said she just did all these weird stuff. And then when she moved out, like, like a weight had been lifted, and, she, you know, everything was totally different. And I was like, oh. So it wasn't haunted in the sense of, of ghosts, but, like, something affected her
0: psyche. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. interesting. And then my
2: other friend who was there, she's like same with me. We lived in a house at one point and this just, you know, really we all were weird and then when we moved, we were all fine. I don't know what yeah, you a, call that.
1: I mean, that's... I'm a big believer in in negative and positive energy and how it can affect you. So I can I can totally understand that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, speaking of how things affect you, or people in general, um, even though you, I know you said that the script freaked you out, but what have been some of your favorite aspects about playing Wendy Morrow, both on, both, I guess, audibly, (laughs) and then live as well? Live, it was
2: so fun to freak people out, because... The show started with Michelle, who, who her family owned the house and, you know, terrible things happened and she would meet them outside and lead them up this creaky staircase. And then I would have to listen to my cue and I would fling the door open and say something and people would just freak out. And I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> so I, I don't remember what I would say to them. I don't know. I would, I would fling the door and shout something at them. I can't remember what my line was and they would the looks on their faces it was just like oh my god this is so much fun is it like it's a, almost a power trip you know scaring people is maybe that's why like ellen does it you know it's like you kind of have this control for a second and then <laughs> you know we would all be in this little room with these people and it was all this stuff on the walls this weird writing and you know i would walk around and I had all these case files about all the people in the house that had died and it was just fun to lead people around the room and like say these crazy things and try to freak them out and get up close to them. And, you know, that was so much fun. Um, doing the podcast was, just, it was just fun cause I was, that was like seriously quarantined when, you know, we were seriously quarantined and it was just fun to, to be creative and, um, it was fun to learn more about Wendy Morrow mm-hmm. and you know, like I made a discovery about her that I don't know if I should say on the air.
0: Mm, um, I was going to say maybe no
2: spoilers, but yeah, uh,
0: it's not something that
2: I don't think the writers necessarily planned, but it has something to do with her personality. I was like, Oh, she's this way. Mm. And um, Yeah. And so it was fun to discover that and to learn more. Um, Liliana is not in the original play. So it was fun to learn more about my relationship with her and be like, oh, man, like, whoa. Um, okay, cool. You know, cool. When, in some aspects, when we learned this, she's, she's dropped the ball in some aspects of her life for her passion. And um, so that was fascinating to me. And just to work with these people again, I ended up, I was going to try to record my lines at home and going to the intimacy thing about this and the sound like, We did a test in my microphone. It wasn't picking up when I got really close to the microphone. And then they sent a microphone over to me and we still weren't getting the sound right. So I had to end up going to them and um, recording in a, in a makeshift recording booth that they put together, but they really did want those moments where I got close to the microphone and made it really intimate. Um, So again, when you talked about how, you know, you create, intimate stuff during quarantine and COVID, um, you know, sound and getting closer and making the vibration more, um, is a way to do it. Um, it's fascinating. Uh, uh, voice is fascinating to me.
0: I've done a lot of voice training and, um, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, c- can we ask without too many specifics, uh, how yes. many episodes can we expect for in another room?
2: Oh, there are eight episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was on the website, but perhaps it's not. Yeah. So for now, there are eight, and um, you know, he says the, the the voiceover guy says from the case files of Wendy Morrow, and I'm always thinking, well, this is just one case, so there could be more. I'm hoping. That's I'm what I, I was. About. I was kind of hoping that too, because I was like, eight. Hey, I want more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For now, eight um but and again it could uh we've already done a play we've done a podcast who knows what it could be a different format maybe it'll be a musical i doubt it but you know <laughs> um or a film who knows but yeah for now eight so three have come out number four will come out tomorrow and then every monday for the for three uh four weeks after that and then, yeah so you've got another five weeks of of new episodes. A lot to look forward to. A lot of rooms. It's a big house. So there are a lot of rooms to to explore in that haunted house. For sure. Yeah, find out why people died in that house. So Uh, is that a thing? Now, see again. Now, is that a thing where there are houses where over the years several people die? Have you heard of any cases like that?
0: Oh, Hmm. sure. I, I mean, and plus buildings are old, so... Mm-hmm. you know you'd have to imagine after time stuff all sorts of stuff has happened so yeah that's not that was not like a big suspension of disbelief for me at really? all like no i i bought that right away yeah,
2: yeah I, I know nothing and there's so many things i'm like oh come on the ghost wouldn't just stay in one room but now you you, know, you talk about the residual <laughs> haunting and i'm like oh okay and yeah i was just like this house it was built I, I forget i think in the in the story it was built in the late 1800s early 1900s and yeah i think they said 74 people or something like that have died so i was like that seems excessive but i don't know i would
1: agree i would agree 74 is excessive you know maybe Uh like two or three was like the typical Uh (laughs) how many like i would say two or three in a house that old you might expect that many 74 eh, you're kind of pushing it there so you're right about that okay
2: Yeah, that's almost one a year. I know, I know. It's crazy, right? So you would think that at some point the city might be like, no, we're going to condemn this house because (laughs) too many people are dying here. But, yeah, so it's really, it's a dangerous house to live in. (sighs) Mindy, should we
1: jump into the lightning round? I think we should. Oh, okay. All right, Carrie. So we are going to do a... Quick lightning round. So just, you know, don't really think about it. Just try and answer these questions as quickly as possible. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. All right. So before you did this podcast, did you consider yourself a horror fan?
2: Uh, yeah, no. no, no, not <laughs> according to what not, not according to what my original definition of horror was.
1: Gotcha. So what would you consider to be your favorite? favorite horror movie or if you can't think of just one you can name a few based on your previous you know criteria of what you thought horror was
2: right
1: right right right
2: see I haven't seen that many of like
1: the slasher
2: ones but like scary movies Mm -hmm. uh poltergeist I I I listened to your episode where you talked about Heather O'Rourke's death and I was like you know I totally was there with you I'm a little bit older than you guys I think because I was a little bit older than she was but yeah, Poltergeist, that was like a, you know, he, he, the whole thing with Carol Ann and the TV and come to the light, Carol Ann, like I was always like, what if I got trapped in a TV and, you know, <laughs> scary. you know, that was ugh, yeah. creepy, creepy. Um, later on in life, that movie Copycat kind of ruined me for restrooms in public places. Like I'm always... When I go into a bathroom stall, I'm like, I know there's a killer in the next stall squatting <laughs> on the toilet, and that's why I can't see their feet. Like, seriously, that that scarred me for life. Jaws, <laughs> I saw Jaws. I don't remember much of it, but, like, you know, I live by the beach, and I'm always like, yeah. And they have had a lot of great white sightings lately out there. So, oh, yeah, really? Jaws is on my mind quite a bit. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Jaws, Poltergeist, Copycat. Okay.
1: Those are yeah. some good ones. Uh, do you have any favorite podcasts that you listen to? Um,
2: I, I'm not a big podcast person. I'm starting to be now that I'm being, now that I'm guessing on podcasts. Um, I, I listened to the first season of Serial. Mm. I listened mm-hmm. to Mystery Show. I loved Mystery Show. I wish there was more than one season of that one. Um, I've been listening to this one called, you must remember this, um, these episodes about this woman in Hollywood named Polly Platt. Yes. Um, yeah. Who was married to Peter Bogdanovich and she did all this. It was crazy. All the stuff she did and she got no credit for most of it. It was nutty and her husband cheated on her with Sybil Shepard. And yeah. So that's and then I now have been listening to your since I knew I was going to talk to you I wanted to know a little bit more about you so I've started listening to horse talk horror
1: oh thank you yeah and would you voluntarily spend time in a notoriously haunted and or cursed house if given the chance
2: no, probably not. No, I was thinking about this yesterday because I had a feeling you might ask me that. No, <laughs> uh, like the um, the Queen Mary boat, you know, is here yeah. in Long Beach, and you there, it's haunted, and you can. Well, I don't know if you can now, but pre-COVID, you could go and spend a night in one of the haunted rooms, and you know, my friend was going to do it, and I was like, no, that's not for me. That's not for me.
1: No amount of money would make you change your mind. Oh, well, if there's money involved, perhaps, (laughs) you know, it would have to be a
2: lot and it'd probably be more than what people would be willing to offer. You know, like maybe I'll say, I don't know, off the top of my head, I'd say 10 grand, but I probably would do it for five grand, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And then it depends. Are they going to film it? Well, then
0: I'd try to get more money out. You know, I don't know. I like your train of thought. I like that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But then, like, you know, I have seen casting notices where they're looking for people. I've seen, like, one or two over the years where they're looking for people to go and, like, have these spooky experiences. But it's like, as long as I'm not by myself, if I'm with other people and I'm getting paid, then I would probably do it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, and it's
1: not like I'm in love with money,
2: but it would be an interesting experience, that's for sure. Money,
1: money always helps, you know. All right, so, and then l- lastly, are there any upcoming projects that you are going to be working on? I'm
2: working on something right now. I sh- I shot what's today? I shot on Friday, and I was there on Thursday as well doing camera tests. Um, it's a it's a sci-fi short and it's it's a a whole new way of working let me tell you this is a collaboration it's a it's a digital kind of futuristic think tank kind of place and they this is a project it's a film but it's in conjunction with like gaming technology and virtual reality technology oh, and cool. they yeah so i'm in a room with I've got screens around me. It's not, um, it's not 360, it's 270. So there's screens on three sides with a digital landscape created that was created by like gaming people and virtual reality people. And it moves when the camera moves, like the background, they make it move. So it looks like I felt like I was going through this background walking through it down a road. And, um, if they raise the camera, then the the scenery goes up higher to make it all look consistent. And like, I was getting nauseous sometimes like traveling, like carsick traveling through this technology. Um, so that's coming up. I don't know when it's called ripple effect and I will shoot some more at the end of the month, but it's, I talked to a guy there, the production designer, and he said that they're, they had proposed working this way in the last few years to filmmakers and filmmakers said, we don't need to do that. There's no reason we don't need it. And now with COVID it flipped and they're like, how fast can we get this done? Because we can't fly people to locations and we can't, you know, go on set and shuttle people to locations. So we need to be able to go to a studio where people drive up in their own cars and create these worlds and just be able to do it all virtually digitally. So, um, wow, it's a whole new experience getting all that. So that's what I'm working on and I'm really excited
0: about it. That sounds really, really interesting. That is awesome. Please keep us uh, in the know about that. That sounds really great. I didn't know what to expect. And
2: I walked in and I just saw this and it's like, oh, this is moving. And oh, you know, (laughs) someone had to put each blade of grass and each plant and each rock and it's, and I was supposed to be driving a truck. And so I, you know, was literally like, oh, we're going to crash. I have to turn the wheel. It was like playing a video game, but acting, um, whoa, is a trip. So, yeah, I don't know when that it's it'll be a short film. So it won't, you know, it might be kind of hard to find, but keep an eye out for that as well. That sounds awesome. Yeah, let um, us know. Yeah, and I did another podcast where I just did a day player role, and I can't remember what it's called, and I'm just so sorry, but I play <laughs> okay. a doctor who's kind of evil, doing evil things. Not an evil person, but forced to do evil things. So, yeah, I've been lucky to be creative during this time while being stuck in my house quite a bit. But, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Thank God we have the technology that allows us all to do so and continue to be creative and work together during yeah. these conditions.
2: Yeah. yeah, with cell phones now and the cameras on them, it's, you know, uh, before before COVID, self-tapes were really becoming a huge thing. And now, you know, it's the thing and you're working in your house and creating your own scene. And, you know, I have all these tripods and lights and microphones and things that, you know, you do it all on your own. And we have, as an actor now, you have to learn how to edit and, you know, it's frame a shot and light a shot and you have to become a filmmaker. So, um, I'm grateful for that experience because it's taught me to go on and make my own projects. Um, if I could plug something that's not
0: horror, I was actually just going to ask, Carrie, um, what else, you know, if there's anything you want to plug, we we wanted to thank you for coming on the show, but feel free to plug away. Thank you. I have a YouTube channel called Random and Confusing, and um,
2: the main thing on there is this series called Catspiration. (laughs) <laughs> that um, is very weird. I told you earlier before we started the interview, I told you that um, I I like short and simple and weird things. And hence the name random and confusing for the YouTube channel and um, check out catspiration season one and season two are very different. Season two is just vignettes and silly little jokes and things. Season one is kind of, I always like to say if if the playwright Samuel Beckett had done a web series about cat ladies, that would be
1: catspiration.
0: So. Um, I am in that. <laughs> you s- s- Say no more. I'm sold. <laughs> I'll email
1: you the link. I'll email you the link. So, uh,
0: awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Carrie, so much for being on our show. Um, before we go, can you just once again remind everybody where we can find uh, In Another Room and any other details that you can think of As well as plug again, Catspiration. (laughs) Okay, okay, yes.
2: I can't say Catspiration enough. Um, (laughs) In Another Room, it's a fiction horror podcast. Um, The main platform is on is Violet Media Hour, but you can also do it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcasts for your listening spooky pleasure, spooky stories. Um, You recommended listening on headphones to get the full sound experience. I appreciate that. Yeah, and check out my um, YouTube channel, Random and Confusing, for very
0: strange humor. We love strange humor. Um, we'll post <laughs> we'll post those links in the episode notes. But uh, where can listeners find out uh, more about you or what you're working on next, besides the YouTube channel?
2: Um, I'm on Twitter at Carrie Weeder, K E R R Y W I E D E R I before E. Um, <laughs> I have an Instagram account, but I haven't. You would think I would go the other way and during quarantine be posting more or whatever, but I really just kind of, I'm not doing Instagram right now, but I check it every few days to see if I have any messages, but Twitter, I'm on there all the time. Um, You can check out my IMDB page and see lots of pictures of me looking like crap mostly because I play a lot of, (laughs) I play a lot of uh, downtrodden characters. So it's. (laughs) Yeah, if you Google me or go on my IMDb page, you'll find lots of terrible pictures of me, which I enjoy. They're fun, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, Sharon, did you have anything else to add? Um, I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed listening to the first three episodes, and I can't wait to listen to the next five. And for those of you out there, um, if you're kind of interested in listening to this, I would... Say it's kind of a cross between or at least it reminded me a bit of The Haunting of Hill House, the TV series on Netflix, which we've talked about on this show a lot. Carrie, not sure if you've seen that, but definitely it's a great psychological horror. So if you are looking to watch some more uh, psychological horror, definitely Mindy and I recommend The Haunting of Hill House. TV series on Netflix, the podcast also kind of reminded me of Grave Encounters, which is um, it's a movie about a ghost hunting reality show production crew that lock themselves inside an abandoned mental hospital that's supposed to be haunted. Um, It's a good one. Yeah, it's really good. And there was a lot of similarities between Grave Encounters and um, In Another Room. So, you know, you have like the whole uh, loss of time, you know, where it's has it been a day? Has it been weeks? Has it been hours? You know, and kind of like the whole uh, reality versus is this just in my head? Is this really happening? So uh, yeah, I, I was totally thinking of those two things while I was listening to your show. So
2: wow, I just thought of another really good movie that kind of has stayed with me and I dream about it even and it's a spooky movie. Mm -hmm. session nine yes yeah 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 I have a dream sometimes that I'm down in that basement or whatever of that hospital where he find they find like money or old coins or like jewelry or something and it's like dirty and he's scraping in the dirt I have dreams where I'm scraping in the dirt and I'm in that yeah session nine so sorry that's just that's another (laughs) good one to watch
0: Thank you, ladies, for having me. It's been so fun to talk to you. Oh, likewise. And we will be sending you, or at least I will be sending you, uh, an email with movies to watch to do your homework. And we will absolutely follow up with you on a jingle because that is awesome. Yes, a
2: jingle coming your way. And yes, for your, which I'm renaming from Hodgepodge of Horror to Tidbits of Terror. Love it. (laughs) I hope you use it. And yeah, but again, it's going to be,
0: simple and it's gonna be weird we love it that that's us and you're welcome back anytime we we really enjoy talking with you
1: thank you so much i appreciate it do okay all right well that was such a great interview uh thank you again carrie for being on our show and everyone please go and check out download subscribe to in another room uh i think you will really Really enjoy it. The three of us all really enjoyed it. And also, thank you for listening to our show as well. Please rate and review us on whatever streaming platform that you listen to us on. Uh, Like we said, it definitely helps us get more exposure. Uh, It's free. It only takes a few minutes. If you are able to, please subscribe to our Patreon. If you want to have early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and maybe receive some cool shit depending on which level you choose. And if you go to whores talk whore on Instagram, you can find the link to our Patreon there in our bio. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter or Facebook, although we don't use those as much. Um, you can always email us at whores talk whore at gmail.com. If you want to share any Suggestions uh, for upcoming episodes. If you want to compete with Carrie and write your own jingle for her Hodgepodge of Horror, or what may be now tidbits of terror. Um, I love it. <laughs> or if you're if you're trapped in a haunted house
0: and you really really need help, I guess you can email us and we'll try and send
1: help. But. Uh... <laughs> Let us know anyway how that goes. Uh, If you have any stories about people who have died in your house, especially if 74 people have died in your house, uh, you might want to let us know.
0: You also might want to get your house checked out.
1: (laughs) You also might want to move. But (laughs) yes, please send us any scary stories, ghost stories, creepy stories, true crime stories, or just email us to say hello. And as always... Thanks for getting creepy with us. Sharon, do you want a beer?
0: Uh.
2: Oh my god.